Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. It's been a tumultuous few years for kids everywhere. Plans have been disrupted, which means disappointment for many. Perhaps there's a gloomy outlook overall and things feel out of control. So in these times, how can we keep our kids optimistic? Lucy Bell is the author of You Can Live on the Bright Side, The Kid's Guide to Optimism. Hi, Lucy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. This is an awesome, very comprehensive book. It seems to cover absolutely everything you would want to know um, about being more optimistic, something parents could probably learn from as well. Why did you write this book for kids? Yeah, and like you're absolutely right about it being for parents as well because I think one of the main things is that I wanted this to be a book that um, parents and kids could read together. Um, So I actually started writing it in the second half of 2019, so that was before the pandemic. Um, And at the time, you know, I never imagined how much of it would be so relevant like to today by the time it was released in November 2021. So I guess I, I wrote it as an antidote to the kind of fast-paced lifestyle that we can get trapped in um, because that affects kids, you know, just as much as adults. Um, and it's also a bit of a nod to my childhood, I think. So just like so much of it is just that idea of remembering to be a kid again and just taking the time to slow down and do the things that you love doing. And, you know, we all get trapped in that spiral of worry and anxiety about, you know, the future. And it's just remembering to, you know, enjoy the small moments in life and just, you know, take a moment to stop and, you know, find what your passions are and follow those and take time to do that. You say that optimism is something you can learn and cultivate through practice. What does that look like on a practical level? Yeah, so I think that um, the like the definition of optimism where you just kind of expect that good things will happen is like not quite what I'm aiming at. It's more that, you know, learning that bad times don't last and being able to recognise that things will get better. Um, And I think that people sometimes assume that, you know, just because like some people are more optimistic and others are more pessimistic and that's just how you are. So you'll kind of get asked, are you an optimist or a pessimist? But when you look at optimism as a skill that can be learned and developed, it kind of gives you a whole new perspective. So I guess like the first thing to remember is that, you know, no one can be optimistic all the time, but you can acknowledge that you're facing a difficult time without letting it overwhelm you. And one of the keys to being more optimistic is taking that time to foster it and to sort of realise when you're becoming overwhelmed by the negatives, to take a step back and focus on the positives. And, you know, those positives, they can be really small. They don't have to be on like a global scale. So sometimes it's just about, you know, finding the light in your own little world and, um, yeah, really focusing on that. So I have um, quite a lot of, you know, practical advice in the book and I try not to be, you know, too prescriptive about it because I think that it's going to be different for every kid. Like some kids will take more from like different sections of the book. I guess the main one is (laughs) kind of staying present, which I know sounds really corny, But it is really easy to get trapped in that spiral of worrying um, and going over and over the negative outcomes before you do something. 
Yeah, I mean, it's part of our negative bias, isn't it? Like we tend to, all of us tend to focus on the negative um, just naturally. Yeah, so and what that is one of the tips that I give kids is at night when you're going to sleep, if you find yourself lying there thinking over like mistakes that you made that day or anything that's bad that's happened, try to stop those thoughts and instead think about the good things that happened instead because we all get into that habit of just thinking, oh, I should have done something differently. Why is emotional awareness an important part of this process? It's definitely because, you know, we all have negative emotions and I'm not kind of saying we can avoid negative emotions completely, but it's about being able to recognise them. And so when you can name them, you can kind of, they don't seem so scary um, and they don't seem like they're going to overwhelm you because you can kind of break it down into something that feels more manageable and then you can take steps to be like, well, so what can I actually do? to make this situation better and you feel like more capable of turning turning those emotions into something more positive but you've got to be able to recognize them first yeah there's like a power in naming isn't there I mean I feel like I'm talking about fantasy books here but (laughs) you know there, there is that power once you say that's what it is and before that time those feelings can be very ephemeral and overwhelming I guess yeah and sometimes you don't even know when like you just feel like bad but you're not sure why or what what the cause is or even you know it might even just sort of feel like a heaviness but you're not sure if that's sadness or you know anxiety about something that you have to do so just sort of trying to break it down into something that yeah that you can name just takes away any of that like yeah like scariness away (laughs) It's so interesting you say that because I think that kids today are very much brought up to be able to identify their feelings, but it kind of, this kind of takes it a step further. Like it it makes, you're asking children to have some perspective, which I think is great because I know that my children will say, oh, mom, I just feel sad and I don't know why. Um, And it feels like as a child, if you're taught to be aware of your feelings, putting them in perspective is really important, not just identifying it, but like you say, um, once you've said, okay, I'm feeling sad, then you can say, oh, well, what has happened to make me feel sad? Yeah, it's a, it's identifying what might have happened that's made you feel sad, but then also recognising that it's okay to feel sad sometimes. Mm. And it's even okay to feel sad sometimes and not know why, but then also knowing that the feeling won't last forever. You talk about one of the um, tips you give in the book is to use the STOP acronym, which I think is brilliant. And I wondered whether I'd seen it somewhere as an adult because I thought that is such a great way um, to help kids have a simple process in their heads to use. Can you talk us through what that acronym stands for? So, yeah, the STOP acronym is about taking the time. So when you're feeling overwhelmed and that that feeling of overwhelm, is just like so invasive right now. Like I think everybody is struggling with that. So it's if you're feeling that feeling of just anxiety or you're not sure what what is causing you to feel so anxious, the STOP acronym just helps you to take a step back from that. So the S is for stop what you're doing for a moment and you can, you know, close your eyes, you can just do take a step back from whatever you're doing. And then the T is so take a few deep breaths and just, you know, really focus on the breath coming in and out and just sort of that that breathing, you know, everybody talks about how important it is just to take a really deep breath 
a couple of times a day and just focus on that and it takes your focus away from whatever it is that's making you anxious. Then the O is to observe what's happening inside and outside of you. So take, you know, sort of think about what are you actually feeling right now and then naming those emotions and I think importantly remembering that thoughts aren't facts. So, you know, you'll think I, I can't do this, like this is impossible, but that that's just you kind of spiralling. That's not a fact. That's just like a negative emotion that is probably coming out of the fact that you're panicking a little bit. So it's remembering that those things, like they're not real. That's just, you know, the anxiety talking. Um, and then the P is proceed with something that will actually make you feel better. So I think that's a really good tip just for any time that you start to feel worried is just ask yourself what is something that I can actually do right now that I know will make me feel good and if that's, you know, go for a walk or to talk to a friend or a parent, listen to some music, you know, dance, go, go out into the sunshine, play a game, um, watch TV, just anything that you know that will ordinarily just make you feel relaxed and good. And then when you're ready to do so, go back to the thing that you were doing. You talk about the importance of exercise and having an optimistic outlook. Have you got any tips on how we can help our kids find exercise they love? Yeah, I mean, it's quite a tricky one because <laughs> I don't know if you're the same as me, but exercise is not something that comes naturally to me. And it, you know, you have to like get into the habit of it and you've got to set a time for it and, you know, try different things until you find something that you actually like. But I think it's like, it doesn't have to be like going to the gym or it doesn't have to be like really intense exercise. It can just be going for a walk and maybe if like kids are into nature or something that could be like you could incorporate the nature aspect of that into it so going to national parks or one of the ideas in my book is going on a wonder walk which is actually spotting things on your walk that you might not have ordinarily noticed and just like taking in what's around you. Something that I think can be challenging at any time of the year is getting to sleep at night. It can be for different reasons. Some kids just want to stay up and party. Other kids might be lying in bed worrying. Um, and we all know how important sleep is for well-being. What are your tips for getting kids into either a good routine or, or just to get a good night's sleep? What kind of things do you recommend they do? Getting enough sleep is actually one of the best things that you can do for both your body and your mind. And it's really important for me personally because I find that without sleep like I feel just terrible in the day so I think it actually I think takes a bit of practice to sleep well and I think that kids think oh just lie down and go to sleep and like that's just it but that's not always the case you've got to like, accept that it's going to take time and you've got to be patient and it does take a little bit of practice and that routine that you mentioned is really important so going to bed at the same time every night um, avoid looking at screens before like an hour before bed so, you know that you can come up with your own bedtime routine which I think can help kids as well if they get to choose the things that they want to do before bed so that could be I guess having a warm bath or a shower like choosing their like, what their comfiest pajamas are reading a book you know some kids might like, like to write in a journal or something or just do a coloring in or listen to music or something that kind of gets them, they know that that is the routine before they go to bed. 
Well, Lucy, there is so much in this book, as I mentioned at the top of this interview, and we've only sort of touched the very tip of the iceberg. But thank you so much for chatting with me and, and for writing such a beautiful book for our kids. Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me. My pleasure. That's Lucy Bell. She's the author of You Can Live on the Bright Side, and you'll find links to the book in the notes of this episode. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.